Warning! The following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Friends Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. I'm sorry, son, um, but uh, we do have an advertiser now, Ampsmart. So, uh, yeah, um, sorry, go back to your thing. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcast without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. Then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez. And thanks for joining me on the podcast. We got an extra, extra special podcast for you tonight. And of course, my co-host with me, as always, Jay Galosi. Jay, what's up? How's it going, my man? Awesome, man. Just rocking, man. This uh, is going to be a great episode. Uh, this week we got uh, basically uh, listener you know, stories, and we're going to be talking about scary stories. So uh, it's going to be That's interesting. That's right. It's yeah. all on the listeners this week. Absolutely. So uh, we depended on you guys, and uh, you guys uh, came through, and it was great. Listen, um, thank you guys for sending in these stories. Uh, it really helps out a lot. And, uh, and uh, you know, it uh, helps us give more entertainment for you, you know, the other listeners and to hear these stories. So we'll be talking about those tonight. And, of course, our personal stories. I'm sure Jay has a few. Or, and I know I have a couple. So we have a couple things up our sleeve. So uh, let's start off with the social media, of course, as always, Jay. Uh, everybody can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter. So uh, please do that. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, please uh, like and share all the stuff that we uh, put out there on a daily basis. I've been kind of slacking the last uh, five, ten days because I've been traveling a lot lately. But I've been posting a lot of stuff where I've been traveling too. Um, I don't know if you've seen Jay. I was in uh, Louisiana just the uh, past few days. I did. Yeah. So I did. Uh, Mad Jelly. I've been in Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen. It was a pretty interesting place, man. I can tell you. Very. Uh, the atmosphere is uh, def- definitely different there. Um, but uh, I ran into a couple of different cool spots there. First place I stopped at was uh, the Museum of Death, which it was a museum basically of just different things that was associated with death, basically. So you had you had like uh, these uh, artwork that was done by serial killers that were sent in and they, they bought and they collected throughout the years. Also, like letters from serial killers. They uh, actually put them up on the wall. A lot of autopsy uh <laughs> Uh, pictures, pretty gruesome stuff. A lot of crime scene um, photos and accident scene photos. They actually had a tra- uh, one of Charlie Manson's actual prison shirt uh, up on display. It was really cool. They actually had a coffin in there that belonged to somebody. I couldn't remember off the top of my head um, who it belonged to, but it was a coffin. And uh, and then the far back, Jay, they had this fucking weird like extra room. And it had like pews like a church. And then it had a big screen TV against the wall, right, Jay? And it was just playing continuously, yeah. just videos of like gruesome shit that happened, like a fucking like elevator accident, and like you know the people going in there and like picking up the limbs and shit like that, and a body floating in a river, and it was just like wow. So yeah, it was a pretty um... <laughs> sounds like good, clean, wholesome family fun. Yeah, <laughs> take know, the kitties out. Yeah, they'll never fucking sleep again. Exactly. That is a 
That sounds like a great place to go hang out. I, I think I'm going to go uh, take my two bags and night there. Oh, sounds dude. so fun. Well, listen. Also, uh, to caveat this, on top of just an extra, you know, cherry on top for all this, I actually talked to the guys that run the place, and they're actually wanting to pop, possibly come on the podcast and talk about it. So, um, I was able to pitch that, and uh, they said, "Hey, they'd be open to it." So, hopefully, we'll have them here on the podcast in the next few weeks, and yeah, and interview and talk about their uh, museum. They have that one there in Louisiana. They also have one in California. So, uh, so they have two locations. It's a great place. Uh, really, just dark and macabre, but yeah. Uh, another place I ran into was um, Marie Laveau's uh, House of Voodoo. Um, I stopped by there. A lot of cool stuff in there. I mean, <laughs> anything that you could possibly imagine, Jay, that uh, is associated with voodoo. Uh, candles, spells, uh, you know, oils, incense, uh, spell books, um, you know, just anything possible you can imagine. Really cool place. You know, it's just cool to see all this different stuff and see, you know, that side of Louisiana, of course. Uh, so, yeah, a couple different places I stopped by there, Jay, and, you know, uh, that's what you can expect by going on our social media, stuff like that, that, um, you know, we share uh, all the time. So uh, another thing I wanted to mention, how to listen to the podcast, Jay, very simple. It's very simple. All they have to do is go to our website and it's darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. And right on there, all they have to do is scroll right down to the middle of the page and they can choose where they want to listen to the podcast. It's all, you know, different places you can listen to the podcast. Talk about iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher. Uh, all those different places, SoundCloud, iTunes, I said, I think already, Google Play. Uh, but yeah, you can check out our website. Again, it's darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. And uh, check that out there. You can listen to the podcast straight through there. And uh, also see all the latest things that we're always posting. And, uh, you know, photos in our gallery. And all our interviews go up there as well. So check it out. So um, also, Jay, I wanted to mention, um, you also have a little side thing going here too. And I wanted to, you know, bring it up and uh, you know, kind of throw it over to you. But you have a YouTube channel that um, you are, you've created. And um, tell us about it. And, uh, you know, tell us, you know, where we can find it. Tell us some more about it. The YouTube channel, the show is called Imagine Play with Coach Jay. Uh, as many of you might know or probably don't know some of our newer listeners, I've worked with kids for almost 20 years. Uh, as you've heard on podcasts, I've got all these different voices, and I'm a generally fun and goofy character, uh, and that's been very beneficial to me at work. And what I've decided to do was go ahead and take some of that showmanship and bring it down to an easy way to reach kids to help them grow cognitively, mentally, emotionally. Reading books is so monumental for children, and they're always in the tablets. They're watching people open toys, and they're watching people play with cars. They're not really watching anything that's really enriching them. So with Imagine Play, what I've done is, uh, and a lot of the new, the first videos going up are going to be raw. You're going to have to be a little bit patient with us. Uh, but when it gets there, the content will definitely be worth it. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you will find Imagine Play with Coach Jay. Should be some new videos coming up. Uh, but it's going to be so great from reading books to singing songs to even going out on adventures and helping them use their imagination in different ways instead of just droning on into a tablet. Yeah, I think that's great. It's a great idea. And, uh, you know, we're here of course at dark friends radio we're going to help do anything that we can to help promote it jay and uh, we need to you know get this out to the kids so yeah please uh 
you know, if uh, you guys uh, are listening to the podcast now, check it out. Imagine play with Coach Jay on YouTube, and uh, we'll be having some content on there pretty soon. And it's going to be a, a part of a huge plan that, you know, me and Jay have here of uh, creating a podcast network. And uh, this is just the beginning of the first step of creating that um, basically uh, universe of podcasts that we're going to be putting together. So, uh, World is- dominance of digital <laughs> podcasing. It's going to be like a, <laughs> exactly like a Thanos snap of fucking podcasting. That's what I want to do. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's the main plan. And uh, Jay, we're going to uh, support it again. Imagine play with Coach Jay on YouTube. Check out that. Uh, that content for the kids, and I'm sure you guys won't be disappointed. So uh, that's it uh, for the intro, Jay. Uh, we have the mailbag to go to next. You ready to go do that? Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. Mailbag! Oh, shit. So, yeah, uh, we got a couple good things here for the mailbag this week, Jay. And we have a reoccurring mailbag, uh, basically, writer or a submitter, I guess you could say. And that's uh, David Gomez from Scottsdale, Arizona, giving us another Julian Assange update. Yes. Of course, yes. And yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was excited. I was looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, uh, David uh, wrote in again. I We didn't hear from him for a couple weeks, uh, but he then uh, came on the third week here and gave us another update. But he says, hey, guys, David again from Scottsdale, Arizona. wanted to give you guys a quick Julian Assange update. Uh, there have been more developments this past week. Uh, this week... Uh, Mr. Assange was a no-show at court this morning uh, because of grave concerns, quote-unquote, were raised about his health after he was moved to a medical ward in jail. The, uh, of course, uh, yeah, the, yeah, didn't we talk about this, Jay, about if he's ever going to make it back to the U.S.? I believe that was something that we talked about, Will. Yeah, I think we kind of foreshadowed this because it really looks like he's not doing too well. So um, they're saying the uh, Wiki, huh. WikiLeaks founder has been... Weird. Exp- <laughs> weird, right? Yeah. He's been expected to appear at Westminster Magistrates Court via video link from Belmarsh Prison in his uh, fight against extradition to the United States over allegations that, of course, he conspired to break into a classified Pentagon computer. Uh, But Assange, of course, did not appear at the five-minute hearing this morning where Chief Magistrate Emma Arthnott referred to the Australian as not very well, quote-unquote. So she said... Uh, date of she said a date of June 12th for the next hearing and said that it may be a hearing that will take place in Belmarsh. It didn't happen, of course, as we know. And the defense lawyer for Assange, uh, per Samuelson, said that Julian Assange's health state last Friday was such that it was not possible to conduct a normal conversation with him. Hmm. What say you there, Jay? Uh, not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look at uh, we, we talked about. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we were curious as if he was even going to make it to court. And now it seems, before all this happened, he was in pretty good health. He was your average Joe. Uh, and now he can't even speak? Huh. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, listen. listen to that statement, though. That's that's a pretty harsh statement. Like, think about it. Defense lawyer for Assange, Per Samuelson, said that Julius Assange's health state was such that it was not possible to conduct a normal conversation. So what did they do to him, Jay? I mean, did they just, like, blast all his teeth out of his mouth? Or what did they do? Just, you know, mind-screw him? Like, gave him, like, a mental lobotomy or something? A distinct possibility. Or, or more likely, they injected him with something that's attacking his uh, central nervous system. Oh yeah, that has that. issues with brain connectivity and speech patterns, and 
you know, those kinds of fun things. <laughs> well, yeah, listen, uh, thanks again, uh, David, for uh, sending that uh, that uh, Julian Assange update, and uh, we do appreciate it. So, yeah, it doesn't look very good for uh, Mr. Assange. So uh, we hope that uh, he can actually get the justice that he deserves, but uh, it doesn't even look like he's going to make it. So that's a, it's a very sad thing. But uh, the next uh, email comes from Hector Garcia from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't think we've had one from Philly yet, um, but uh, the subject is Midsummer. And uh, Hector writes, Hello, Will and Jay. My name is Hector. I wanted to know if either you or Jay have seen the trailer for this movie, horror movie called Midsummer. Uh, that's coming out July 3rd. It's been getting rave reviews. And if I've not, uh, if not, I recommended that uh, you take a look at the two trailers that I have out now, which look pretty awesome. Anyways, I figured I'd let you guys know about it. Thanks again, Hector Garcia from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Hector, thanks for sending in the uh, the email uh, for this uh, the mailbag this week. And uh, no, I, I actually I, I saw I think I saw half the trailer for Midsummer. I and I think it was the same trailer for the same movie, but I'm not too sure. Have you heard of this movie, Jay? Uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. The trailers I've seen were not. Uh, I don't think they were uh, horror related. Yeah, it was, I took it out though. Yeah. I mean. That was cool. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Hector, for sending that in. We'll check it out, and we'll let you know what we think of it. So uh, we'll do that the week after. We'll give you a little update. So, all right, well, that's it. Uh, pretty short uh, mailbag for this week, Jay. And uh, we thank, uh, of course, David uh, for sending his in, and, of course, Hector for sending your uh, submission for the mailbag. So uh, that brings us to, of course, the next segment for the podcast is Will You Tell Me? So, Jay, will you I will tell you. <laughs> I will tell you. Will, I will tell you. Please. I will tell you a question, then you will tell me your answer. And that is how we do, will you tell me? So Will, yes. both of us are fairly athletic. Right. We both play sports. Right. Both of us are somewhat intelligent. Right. And that brings us into the category of the will you tell me. Okay. Now there have been a lot of presidents who are very bright men. <laughs> courageous men and fair athletes but only one of them only one president was both the president and is in the hall of fame of the sport in which he participated will you tell me the president and the sport will mm -hmm. i will mm -hmm. i will tell you actually jay and his name is franklin delaware roosevelt and he was in the boxing he was a boxer many of you don't know that but I think that's the answer. What do you say, Jay? I say no. Oh, <laughs> sounded good. Well, yes. Well, yes. FDR was known for his scrappiness and the fact that at one point he was a boxer. Uh, he actually started off his life a uh, very frail boy. So the scrappiness and boxing that he had while amateur was not good enough to land him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we've had presidents who played football up to the collegiate level. We've had presidents who have been known for uh, equestrian, fencing, but the one above all else, the most athletic of all presidents was actually Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. Abraham Lincoln is in the wrestling hall of fame. Holy shit. Abe Lincoln, huh? He, he had 300 victories, one loss. I wonder who that loss was to. Who was that guy? John Wilkes Booth. Oh, fuck. That was horrible. 
<laughs> Disqualification. <laughs> that's worse than. That's, hey, that's worse than bringing a chair. That's worse than bringing a chair in her. She's nope. like, boom, no. <laughs> that's horrible, Jay. No contact right there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's illegal equipment, there, guy. It's the ultimate. You're nothing allowed. It's the ultimate finishing yeah. move. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. They don't get back up after the uh, the boot screwdriver. No, that's it. <laughs> oh Lord, but yeah, that's fucking interesting, Jay. I I remembered that he was a wrestler, but I didn't know he was a champion or like a world Hall of Fame uh, wrestler. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, I think I think it's most interesting to find out about him. Not so much that he was a good wrestler, um, but so accomplished. Three hundred victories, one loss. That's crazy. Huh? I mean, that's that's intense. That's a lot of matches. That's, that's a lot a of lot. victories. Only only one ball. I mean, that's insane. And, so. and, and you got to think too. That was back in that time. So you know, a fucking lot of like foul play went into play at that. You know, those old times. Come on. You know, there was some eye gouging. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some shit happening. You know, some eye raking. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was there was definitely people checking each other's way all over the place. Fish hooking, uh, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the mat you're wrestling on is a little more than sawdust and. I can only imagine. There's no real rules for safety. Nope. It must have been fucking unbelievable. He was 300 victories and one loss. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, listen, Jay, that's great uh, for uh, Will You Tell Me This Week. Uh, Enlighten me again this week. I appreciate it. And, again, that was Will You Tell Me. So uh, we're going to get into the, of course, Meat and Potatoes of the podcast, and we're going to be talking about your scary stories that you submitted to us through our course email which you can send anything to us at the dark fringe at gmail.com of course you can send that again to the dark fringe at gmail.com of course you can send that to us give us your mailbag questions uh anything you want uh regarding the podcast uh any you know guest suggestions anything at all just send it to us there anytime i'll get back to you guys pretty quickly so uh that's it for that jay and let's move on for the listeners ghost stories for this week Hey, this is Steve Deshavi, and you are listening to Dark Fringe Radio. rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party. A haunted house party. <laughs> She's so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. If any of you will spend the next 12 hours in this house, I'll give you each $10,000 or your next of kin in case you don't survive. Ah, but here come our other guests. All right. Uh, thanks uh, for joining in on the podcast, of course, this week. We're going to get into ghost stories from the submission of our listeners this week, Jay. And, of course, we're going to give us, a, a course, a couple of our uh, personal stories as well. But I wanted to start off with the listeners, and uh, maybe I'll go off, maybe shoot one from the listeners and maybe go from one from you, and then we can go from there. How's that sound? Sounds fantastic. All right. So, uh, this one uh, comes in, and it's called the Ouija story, Ouija story. And uh, basically, it starts off, it says, It was the summer of 96, and it was uh, better referred to me as the summer of hell. 
I can't uh, help but to blame myself after all. I've watched plenty of horror movies to know all the basic rules, but even then I ignored to, uh, excuse me, I ignored the most important one. I was young and curious, so attracted to anything horror, I played with a spirit board by myself and it wasn't enough that I had chanted spells and I found a spell book written in another language. So frustrated at what I thought was a complete fail since nothing had happened, I continued on with this dangerous combo. After a few days have passed and things began to change, I started hearing strange sounds. Uh, for each night had went by, uh, the evil entity became more aggressive. Some call it sleep paralysis, but I know it, it was an evil force holding me captive. I can hear the growling in my ear and the voices as it whispers me at me calling my name. I was terrified. Uh, I fought so hard to have just enough courage to open my eyes, then the fear would strike again and I would witness my own eyes a hooded shadow figure by my bed and a shadow figure darting in and out of the wall calling my name and it was getting worse i could feel that it was touching me it actually touched my foot and it wouldn't let me sleep it was uh, as if it was like getting stronger as every day went by and uh, i was so scared and knowing that it was my fault i didn't want to tell anybody especially my father all of my family and uh, had warned me about tampering with spirit boards and things of that nature. And I no longer felt safe in my own home. And every chance that I got, I tried to go somewhere hoping that this thing would not follow me. I distinctly remember several occasions where the evil had actually followed me. Uh, my aunt had asked me to stay with her and her family during the week to babysit my little cousin while she worked. I had fallen asleep and something had disturbed my sleep. And I opened my eyes to the light above me flickering off and on. I immediately felt a presence and I left the bedroom and I fell asleep on the couch for the rest of the night. Another night I had a bad experience of the same exact thing, but this time I left the room. I heard whispering coming by my cousin's bedroom as I passed by it, which was located right next to the living room. Confused and terrified. I started to wonder if my cousin had been babysitting only to find out later that he was sleeping with his parents room the entire night. I knew I had to dispose of the board when I heard a voice later that night say, I will come back. And eventually we moved and I began to feel safe again. And the activity still happens from time to time, but I realized later that this quote-unquote thing wasn't part of the house. I summoned it, and it's attached to me. And I thought I was losing my mind until one day my older cousin had visited, and she also is a believer and has had her own experiences we were, of course, exchanging stories one day of the strange events that have happened. Excuse me, the strange events that have happened, and she distinctly uh, said that she heard heavy breathing coming from upstairs. We both looked at each other, and she noticed that my dog to um, turned towards me in the direction. Actually, torn. Excuse me, turned towards the direction of the stairs, and she heard it too. And she had lived there prior to me, and she stated that she has never heard anything during that time of the residency. So, um, yeah, that's a, a fucking pretty good story, Jay. Um, you know, we uh, hear uh, stories like this all the time of people uh, messing with, you know, Ouija boards and stuff like that and not knowing what they're doing and uh, actually getting things out of hand. And, you know, next thing you know, they are not sleeping and they're having all these bad dreams. And, you know, they've, you know, obviously uh, have summoned things that uh, should not be there. Airports are fucking crazy. Uh, I've. I told my my kids all the time, do not 
do not play with those because we don't really know exactly how they work. We don't know exactly what we're contacting on the other side, and we don't exactly know how it's going to turn out and what their intentions are. So, uh, yeah, you got to be careful with those things, guys. Oh, it's, absolutely. They're dangerous. It's dangerous, and it really is. You don't know what you're messing with. And if not you know, uh, used properly, it could be a very, 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 very problematic thing for you. So, yeah, listen, thanks for sending that story regarding the Ouija board. Jay, do you have any uh, stories, personal stories you can share with us tonight? I have two that always stand out uh, to me, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll tell from least least scary to most scary, and by least scary I mean it still scares the piss out of me. I lived in Tennessee for a few years, and I had to go get my daughter from my at the time brother-in-law's house. So mm-hmm. in Tennessee, where I lived, I lived in Man- I lived in Tullahoma. My brother-in-law lived in Manchester. And the fastest way from our house to his house was down this little two-lane road that didn't have any lights and crossed multiple railroad tracks with no bar. It was called Old Tullahoma Highway. And I had picked up my daughter, and as I was driving back, I had to slow and stop for something. And at that moment, uh, something caught my eye, and I looked to my right, and through my passenger window, uh, I saw a Union soldier staring directly at me, pale, uh, sparsely grown beard, kind of grizzled and dirty face, very disheveled, and and somewhat ethereal, like you could see through him mostly. I mean, of course that area... He just stood there staring at me, Uh and the the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, uh, and at that that point, something drew my attention away for a half, not even half a second, and then it was gone. Uh, but just that stare. I'll never forget the feeling of those eyes glaring at me. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's something you'll never forget, I'm sure, right, Jay, for the rest of your life? Yeah, nope. Nope. Never <laughs> forget it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know, we know that area, of course, Tennessee, that, you know, that a lot of the battles happened in that state, you know, during the Civil War, and, you know, a lot of that stuff happened there. A, a lot of that energy is still there. It has to be there, you know? That... Th- all those people that died there, you have to think so many souls, you know, were passed on from that area, uh, you know, all throughout, you know, Tennessee, you know, Virginia, uh, you know, all the way up to, you know, North and South Carolina. It's just, it's, it's just chock full of all that energy. And, uh, it's just crazy to me that, uh, it's still, it still permeates, you know, hundreds of years later. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a real life connection to the past. But again, it's a past that we don't understand, that we can't we can't comprehend exactly what they're going through and what they're feeling and what their again what their intentions are. Um, but it's, it's crazy that a moment can be so powerful, either positive or negative, that it's almost like there's echoes, like ripples through time that will always touch that space. It's kind of fascinating, actually. Very fascinating. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and share a story. This is actually a story about my great grandfather. And um, it was a story that was actually passed on by him. And that was told to, you know, him and then, uh, of course, his daughter, which was my grandma, uh, and then passed on from my grandma to my aunt and my dad. And uh, so it's a it's a story about my great grandfather. He actually uh, ran a tobacco uh, farm. Uh, You know, they would dry and, you know, uh, you know, plant the tobacco, dry it, do all the whole processing, you know, for it, for the tobacco. Anyway, so he did that. That's what he did. 
And so he ran that uh, operation, and um, one day he actually went into town. And you have to remember, I mean, this is my great-grandfather. We're talking about early 1900s, so, you know, late 1800s, you know? Uh, so you were talking yeah. about people still, you know, going around town on horses and stuff like that, and that's exactly what he did. He actually went into town and went in to gamble for, a, you know, a little bit for the night. Did that, went in and gambled, and, um, you know, had a couple drinks. You know, nothing of the abnormal, you know, just a normal night. And uh, as he's taking off from the gambling spot, basically, um, he sees his, like, beautiful woman. Uh, she's, you know, holding a parasail, like one of those, you know, uh, umbrellas, like those old school ones. So um, yeah. he decides he's going to follow her um, because she, like, looks at him as of, like, this weird thing, like this connection happened, right? So he decides to follow her. And so she just, you know, as she's, you know, walking away, she just, is, like, keeps, like, walking. And it just seems to get faster and faster. He just can't keep, you know, keep up to her for some reason. So she, you know, she makes like a, a left turn around this corner and then, you know, it leads into a cemetery. All right. And then he's like going through the cemetery looking for this woman and you can't see any. I mean, she was there. You know, he he knew for a fact that she was there, Jay. And, um, right. you know, he's going around through the cemetery on horseback and looking and looking and looking, nothing. Can't find her nowhere, Jay. Nowhere. Nowhere to be seen. Um, and finally, he comes um, back to the entrance of the cemetery. And as he's getting towards the entrance, um, he could see her, but from the back. She had her back turned towards him, right? Mm -hmm. And so he didn't know what to do. So he got off his horse and he basically let his horse with him as he walked towards her, right? So he had the horse and the reins and mm -hmm. basically was walking towards her. So as he gets to her, he puts his hand on her shoulder, you know, turn her around. And as she, he does that, her face is just a skeleton, and then all of a sudden, her body just started to grow up, like, really tall. Like, tall, taller, and taller, and taller, and taller. So she was, like, 20 or 30 feet tall, Jay. Um, and then he basically passed out from from that sight. Oh, know? geez. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that was a story that's been passed down for many years. Um, my aunt taught me that story when I was a kid. That happened to my great-grandfather. It's a story that, of course, I'll pass on to my children. But, yeah, that happened in Puerto Rico, Jay, many, many years ago. And, uh, yeah, pretty crazy story, huh? Mierda. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, all right, let's get to the next um, listener uh, submission. And this one is labeled the Voodoo Zombie Story, Jay. And um, this comes, okay. yeah, this one comes from a listener who says, I am the descendant of Haiti. And uh, there were many stories uh, and a lot of controversy regarding my family and my family history. Um, it was said that my great-grandfather had zombies. He was a wealthy uh, landowner and man that uh, used them to work the fields, basically. To make them, he had a voodoo priest make the transition uh, for these people. And after being buried, they would be pulled out of the ground as shells of their former self. And somebody taught me once how to tell if somebody is a zombie or not. And it's basically all in the eyes, Jay. Uh, this uh, guy writes, he says, I can't remember exactly what they told me, only that there is an emptiness in there, basically, in their eyes, in their soul. Uh, they basically mindlessly walk around doing their master's bidding, and I have seen some walking around when I was growing up, not knowing any difference. Now, looking back, I know better. Uh, my great-grandfather um, had a lot of them, supposedly, and they would work the fields as slaves to his, you know, as their, you know, to the master, and uh, but sometimes you know something would cause the voodoo magic to kind of wear off, uh, and that kind of is like when things kind of went awry, Jay. And it was usually caused by like an encounter with a past loved one, 
So that person would always like, you know, a past level would come back and see them and all of a sudden and it would kind of like trigger something in their, you know, in their psyche, kind of like almost snapping them out of it. Basically, once they have that trigger that, you know, that past memory, that's when things start to go, like I said, again, crazy. And so one of my grandfather's zombies, as he says, had something like this happen to him and the zombie tried to actually kill him. He says that his mother was there and she told me the story a few times. And she said that her grandfather had to stop the zombie by killing him and to cut, by cutting off the zombie's head right in front of her. So um, <laughs> uh, that's a, a pretty interesting story there, Jay, regarding zombies and voodoo from Haiti. Yeah, I mean, we've all heard that Haiti is quite a mystical island, so it doesn't surprise me that stories like that would permeate from that area. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, pros and cons. Nobody's getting hurt by keeping a zombie as a slave. I mean, it's not exactly like they know they deserve certain rights or anything like that. And the people who are related to slave zombies are think that they're dead, so they don't know any better. No, they don't. Uh, you don't have to pay them or feed them. They don't get tired. They don't need lunch breaks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> say what you will. It might be it might be mindless, but their work ethic would be. Fairly kick ass. <laughs> just need a whole zombie crew, huh? Just working for you. Well, that's what uh, this uh, letter was about. That's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, of course, we, we know that voodoo is very prominent there in Haiti and, of course, like Jamaica and other areas and, uh, you know, those those islands like that. And, you know, we always hear stories of this. Like, um, you know, and it's been, you know, uh, sensationalized, of course, in Hollywood. You know, uh, if uh, anybody's ever seen The Serpent in the Rainbow, that's a great... Uh, well, not so great, halfway great, uh, zombie films, voodoo zombie film uh, <laughs> with Bill Pullman by, by actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, surprising fact, he was actually in that movie. But, um, yeah, Bill, Bill Pullman is actually really good. Uh, actually half good, like I said. But, uh, yeah, so that was a great story. <laughs> great story uh, regarding zombies and voodoo in Haiti. So, uh, Jay, you got one more story for us? I do. Uh, and this is the most, this is the scariest paranormal story I have. I, I, I've had a few other paranormal encounters aside from the ones that the one I shared tonight. Uh, but this one, by far, in a way, tasted some cake. Uh, when I was in high school, I had this friend named Lynn. And I told this story on the podcast before, and I'll tell it again. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, a very sweet girl, very attractive girl. And she was riding in a car and in Delray. There's a road called Lake Ida, and it comes to a very sharp curve. And uh, Lynn's boyfriend didn't didn't stop or didn't slow down. Car started to roll. She was tossed from the car. She landed on top of her. So it's a pretty tragic way to go. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and so young. I want to say she was 17. Yeah, that's um, too young, dude. Too young. It's way too young. Way too young. So. Time goes on, and every night before I go to bed, I I say a little prayer to people I love and people I've lost and people I miss, and she was always part of those those prayers. Uh, you know, when she's resting and happy and, uh, you know, that she's not forgotten. And it's probably five years after her funeral. I was laying in bed with my, at the time, fiancé, my now ex-wife, Mm-hmm. And I was laying there, kind of, kind of falling, starting to drift off to sleep. And I felt hands on my shoulders, and I looked over my shoulder, and I saw her face. Hmm. 
Wow. And she whisp- she whispered in my ear, thank you. Now, even though it was someone I knew, or no, I had that person had been dead for five years. Right. And the really crazy thing is I was laying on my back. So mm. essentially, I'm laying on my back. And I felt the hands come up above my shoulders from behind me. Right. So in my bed. That's weird. It was. It was very, very strange. I shot out of bed, standing on the wall, whispering to my fiance, you know, babe, Timmy, wake up. Right. Uh, you know, but that was, it's, it, it sends shivers down my spine. And again, I, I, I really, I, I'm sure it was a great, it was a good message. I, I really don't think I had anything to fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just the, the suddenness of it, the, the startling of it. And it just, it struck me deep down in my soul. Like I felt it. I know for sure that she was there. She'd been dead. It was a positive message, but still the hands on the shoulders. I just, I couldn't, uh, yeah. Ugh. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, those are those experiences, again, like I said uh, earlier, you know, those are the things that happen that you'll never forget. You know, those uh, those those moments when you have those paranormal, you know, experiences, you don't, those things go into a special file in your brain that uh, just kind of gets seared into, you know, your psyche. But, yeah, Jay, you know, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, a tragic thing that happened to that poor girl. Yeah, a very, very tragic thing. And, uh, you know, it sucks that... Uh, you know, somebody lost their life at such a young age. So, uh, yeah, last one I wanted to bring up, Jay, is, um, you know, a story that um, actually happened between me, my cousin, and my brother. And um, one day, um, my uncle uh, decided to uh, take us uh, for uh, a visit. He needed to go visit a friend of his. And um, he took me, my brother, and, of course, my cousin. And... Uh, so we end up at this house basically out in 441 and um, this just to let the listeners know how to give a you know basic a, a paint a picture of what I'm talking about basically at the time that road was basically like a two-way dirt road at that time because at the time I was only maybe 14 15 so uh, that road was basically a two-lane dirt road, and uh, there was a lot of old houses, a lot of old farmhouses that were uh, dilapidated, you know, just horrible, falling apart, you know, just, you know, things like that, um, mixed in between decent houses. It was just kind of a weird thing. But anyways, uh, so we decided to go out to, uh, you know, his friend's house, and, um, you know, of course, us being boys, we decided to go out in the woods, right? It's a natural thing to do. Right. Yeah, go, you know, exploring and shit. So... Uh, we get to this house, actually, Jay, um, that's actually it was just out in the middle of the woods. And all the doors and the windows are boarded up. Like, there's plywood, nails, boarded up, nothing. Uh, there's no way of getting in this place. So, uh, you know, of course, it intrigued the shit out of us. And we decided, hey, listen, you know what we're going to do? We're going to try to find a way in here, right? <laughs> of course, naturally, right? Uh, that's what boys do. So, of course, because yeah. that's a good thing to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, we look around the house and, uh, we decided that, uh, the, maybe we can try to get into the garage. Uh, there were some, you know, areas in the garage door that was actually the garage door was made out of wood, like those old school garage doors, Jay. And, um, part, right. of, part of the wood panels were actually kind of broken off. So we were thinking, Hey, listen, if we can knock a couple of these panels off, you know, 
um, we could actually, uh, you know, get through that way and go through the garage. Well, so we're, we're trying to figure out a way to try to get into the garage to these panels. And my brother decides, of course, being a brute, um, he decides to go kick it, right? And fucking kicks it. Right. Yeah. And his foot goes right through. But then when his foot goes right through, he says that he can't get his foot out, like something's holding him. So he's basically laying there on the floor, screaming bloody murder. And he's trying to pull his leg out. And he's saying that something's pulling him in. And, you know, you know, he pulls his leg out finally. And we're just like, you know, I don't know if it was that he felt like something was pulling him in or his foot got stuck. It could have been one of the two things. But he said that he felt like his foot was being pulled in. But anyways, so we decided we're not going to go down that route. <laughs> we were like, okay. okay. Yeah, we, we said, that. okay. Yeah, that uh, plan A is uh, not going to happen. So uh, we decided not to do that one. So we're like, fuck. Okay, how are we going to get in this house, right? So I said, okay, well, there's a side door that has two pieces of plywood where the middle glass part would be in this door, right? So I right. said, fuck it. I'm going to bum rush this thing. So I bum rush the thing. Fucking both pieces come flying off, right? So we get in, finally. We get in through the side door, uh, side door where the garage is. So all of a sudden, there was this horrible smell, Jay. I cannot, I don't even know how to describe this smell. And there was flies all over the place, which was very surprising to me because the whole fucking place was boarded up pretty fucking good. So I don't know how the fuck flies were in there. And it was like, yeah, it was like infested with flies. Uh, Once we get in, um, we get to this um, area where the, of course, the garage meets the main part of the house. And we open the door and all of a sudden, all you can see, Jay, is like these hand marks, these bloody hand marks just going down on a wall like that. That's the first thing we see right. when we walk in. And then to the right is the living room, and it's all flooded with clothes, just fucking scattered all over the place, but it's flooded at the same time. Um, so we're like, what the fuck is going on in this place, right? So as we look to the left where the staircase is, my brother says that he saw a skeleton, a face of a skeleton. And at that point, he oh. fucking let out the biggest scream of his entire life and ran the fuck out of there so fast and of course we followed. Yeah. yeah, of course we followed him because we didn't know what the fuck he saw. But to this day, he will tell you that he saw a face like a skeleton in that house and basically had to take off. Later to find out, when we get back to the house from our adventuring, of course, we start talking to, of course, my uncle's friend that we came to visit, and he tells us, of course, after the fact that that house was boarded up and condemned because a man actually killed four people in that house. So, um you yeah. Know, yeah, you know, take it as as it be. But, you know, of course, having those experiences in that house, there's had to have been, of course, some kind of bad energy there. We saw it, We, you know, for ourselves, we experienced it. And, of course, we find out later it was all validated by, you know, what we found out, um, you know, from my uncle's friend. So, yeah, that was a, a pretty interesting uh, thing that happened to, of course, me, my cousin, and my brother. A story that, you know, either three of us can retell, just like I told you today. Uh, like it happened yesterday. So again, one of those things that never leaves your brain, um, as I said before. So, so listen, that's it for uh, the scary stories. Hopefully, that uh, was uh, something to at least bring up the hairs in your arms a little bit uh, for tonight. So, we do appreciate it, and uh, we're going to get into the outro. But first, of course, before we do that, Jay, as customary as yeah. always, we have to do what to watch. And of course, Jay, what are we going to talk about for what to watch this week? My what's watch is on Netflix, the show called Historical Roast. And I was going to actually supply this one last week, and then, of course, I got 
I got caught off guard by something that was crazy funny. I had only seen the first half of the episode, uh, but I was enjoying it. And the first episode that I saw was actually an Abraham Lincoln one. Uh, they had so they had Bob Saget play Abraham Lincoln, and they had John Stamos playing John Wilkes Booth. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not good enough setup for you. Oh yeah, it uh, yeah, it's a great setup, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a great show, man. I actually uh, accidentally it is found a great it. Show. Oh, it's hilarious, and of course Jeff Ross as the roast master of all these, and of course he's the best when it comes to roast mastering. Mastering, excuse me. Did um, you did you get a chance to see the Diary of Anne Frank? No, I did not get to see that one. They no, roast, I didn't. I want to. They see roasted that one. Anne. Honestly, it was the funniest of all of them. Really, it was that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, because the one I saw, um, you had... the one I saw of Rosa Parks wasn't that funny. It was funny; it had its parts, but it, it just kind of fell flat to me. I don't know for some reason. Yeah, the Rosa Parks one wasn't great. Yeah, um, the that's hi- true. The highlight, but the, the highlight of the, that, uh... one, the highlight of that one though, is that Jaleel White played uh, Mandela. <laughs> and if you guys, yeah, he also you... plays Muhammad Ali. Oh, does he? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me, the highlight of all of them is the fact that uh, with the Anne Frank, John Lovitz's SDR is great, but then you have Gilbert Godfrey plays Hitler. A Jewish person playing Hitler, that's great. Not just a Jew, and they actually say it. They go, they go hey, Hitler, not, not only did you not eradicate all of us, we found the loudest, most obnoxious one of us to be you. Yes, exactly, with that voice. I love it, dude. He's just so, like, as soon yeah. as he starts talking, you just cannot help but to laugh. Gilbert Godfrey. You cannot. Yeah. He just has that voice. All right. Well, okay, cool. You can imagine having to be around that all the time. <laughs> oh, Ugh. my God. That'd be horrible. <laughs> well, listen, that's awesome, Jay, for what to watch. Uh, thanks for, for the suggestion. Uh, we're going to get into the outro. Of course, just wanted to remind everybody how to listen to the podcast. Check out our website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, check out uh, that website right there. You can link up to any one of the sources to listen to the podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all those good ones. So you can check it out there. Uh, it'll take you right to it. And, of course, the social media. Again, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Dark Fringe Radio. And, uh, of course, uh, last thing I wanted to a plug for tonight was Imagine Play with Coach J. Check that out on YouTube. Uh, there'll be uh, new content coming there in the future. And, of course, um, our podcast network that will be coming out uh, pretty soon. So, Jay, that's it for the uh, outro for tonight. Anything you want to add? No, man. Just everybody keep on supporting us. Keep on sending us stuff. Keep on partaking in these conversations. Uh, these are how things grow. This is how, how movements happen. This is how uh, awakeness or awakeness? awareness is built uh, and bred. <laughs> so please keep it all coming. We, we can't thank you guys enough. Absolutely, and uh, thank you again uh, for listening to the podcast, telling friend or foe about us, and uh, continue to please spread the word. And check out our YouTube channel, too. That's also another thing I didn't pr- uh, promote here tonight, but please check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we're trying to get more subscribers on that, so check us out there, of course, at Dark Fringe Radio. Okay, well, that's it for tonight, Jay. Again, I am Will Martinez with my co-host, Jay Colosi. Thanks for coming on the podcast, and thanks for joining us tonight, and have a good night. Yeah.